Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Hi, everybody. Thanks, and welcome back to all of those who've been um, uh, partaking before uh, this one. Today's... Um, live stream is really really focusing on the non-commercial area we used to call it non-broadcast or corporate or business or industrial but basically this is the area of work that is the that is the fastest growing and there are a lot of reasons for that you know I mean really between five to ten years ago of course it really expanded when company the bigger companies have been doing it forever you know, like um, the NAB or RACV or Bupa or, or big companies who have big websites and are kind of uh, multinational have been making material for in-house purposes, that is for their, their staff or their clients or their potential clients or their shareholders and stakeholders to inform them of what they're doing. In a sense, it's really their own marketing that they were doing. And then with the really the, 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 the sort of expansion of the interweb and digital delivery becoming much more accessible and available to people, small to medium businesses began making a lot more material. A lot of it was for their own content marketing. So they would have a video, for instance, for their home page of their website or their landing page, or they would make material that they would then put out on the web to go to sites where people who might be looking for what they have could go. So it's really rather than the advertising world, even though as you'll understand from the scripts that I delivered, there is there is an aspect of the way they craft scripts that have an advertising template, especially that one that you would recognize from the commercial world, which is the problem solution structure. You know, problem solution is a really a sales technique. It's like, here's your problem, we got the solution. And they make material that supports that. So it, it has, it has just grown exponentially. And really, you know, a couple of years ago, we put a, um, uh, a survey out to members we sent it to agents and studios trying to understand further what this work actually is and what we call it. Because, of course, an explainer video, that, that was actually an American term for something. I thought, well, what is an explainer video? So I kind of I had to Google it. No, an explainer video is that video that goes on. I thought, oh, well, I'm seeing those all the time. But I would just call that um, an in-house corporate or something. We didn't really know how to, to term it. <laughs> As well, we didn't know how to price it. You know, for a long time, uh, the, the the fees for the uh, non-commercial area, which we used to call um, non-broadcast or corporate, were based on what agents discussing with studios kind of agreed to as being a reasonable fee. And this was going back to the 80s where we struck a couple of reasonable fees for back in the 80s, of course. I mean, really, the history of um, the corporate area is that in the early 80s, I can't remember which government, but I think it was a Liberal one, um, made it compulsory for companies to spend a certain proportion of their profit on staff training. So that's when we were doing audio, we were doing either 100% things, how to change a tyre, how to, all, all kinds of different things, and we were 
doing them for companies. And it used to pay quite well then. Over the years, it hasn't increased as rapidly or as fully as the commercial area, but it has increased. And now, of course, you have the big the difference between the bigger companies who, of course, we always have to think about pricing in terms of reach and duration. Like, what is it? Who's it going to go to? Where's it going to go? And then how long is it going to be on? And you can often tell by the material that you're reading whether it's actually got legs, whether it's going to last or whether it's very generic or it's just for something specific. You know, the kinds of things that you do in this non-broadcast or non-commercial area, really we, we try to call it more non-commercial because it is actually broadcast in many terms. So we're trying to kind of, in the moment we're in transition from it being just a small thing to it being a huge and ever-growing thing. So the kind of work that you get is all of the things that I was talking about, like an explainer video. So that is something that you will see, and often it will have the CEO of the company in the video. G'day, you know, welcome to. Or it could be a little animation where you get uh, basic graphics. It can be um, kind of, um, what do they call them? It's like they write the keywords and that's the graphic that that is what you see the keywords that the voiceover is saying. Um, there might be a video that has a voiceover on it that has a lot of still shots of the company and their products. So you don't have to go to a big expense to create a visual product. You can actually do it quite simply and just put a voiceover over it. Um, so there those explainer videos. Then there's all of the stuff about how deeper like BHP and the mining companies do it if you go to their websites there are lots of videos on about how fabulous they are and how they've been very busy fucking up somebody's country and then they put a whole lot of money into fixing it so you know you will get a voiceover artist doing the the we're so fabulous delivering the message that's what I get paid for um, then you get things like e-learning now e-learning used to be a whole lot of stuff that was for early childhood learning or kids schools whatever it, that's a really broad broad area now e-learning and that is really anything that is to do with instruction or information um, you know it can be lots of programs about how um, teachers comply with uh, what's required for them uh, regarding the curriculum that they're delivering. So they, they will have a whole lot of things that will be taught to them about how they need to report or comply. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. There's an enormous amount of stuff done for the medical side. Uh, you know, the, 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 basically you'll get a room full of people, 40 people. I had a hip operation a few years ago, so I know this. You get 40 people in a room at the hospital, you're going to have your hip operation in. They're all going to have their hip operation in the next month. You get somebody introducing the day, then you get a video of what's going to happen in your hip operation voiced by a voiceover artist who I recognised because it was me. And it was actually quite old. It had been a few years since I'd done that. I thought, geez, I didn't know I was going to be needing a hip operation when I did that job, but isn't that funny? <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of work that you do. It's things like um, event top and tail or voiceovers for event. Um, please take your seats, everybody, for this evening's presentation of the, you know, it's that kind of thing. It can be podcast top and tails. It can be lots and lots of different things that are out there that are not 
paid media. They will end up on the internet, they will end up on websites, but they're not paid media, which is really where you buy a spot on television, radio or online where it's sponsored spot. That's different. Paid media is the commercial area. This is the non-commercial area. So the thing about, and, and of course, there are things like well, we've got a script today that's actually a website navigation for the ATO, which once again is, is information stroke instruction where you are talking to a captive audience. And that's also the difference between the commercial world and the non-commercial world, that in this non-commercial world, you have a captive audience. So it's either that you need to look at this material and learn this material as part of your job or your compliant function. Uh, you need to find it because you need to find your way around this program or this website. Um, you need to know the information because you want to put solar panels on your roof and you've been Googling it and you get the, the top 10 and what number two's got a video. Probably you'll click on the one with the video because people just tend to do that, which is when small to medium business got onto the fact that this was important for their content marketing. And that's what really grew the business. I think the, the difficult thing is um, where a lot of the low end work comes from and it, it does come out of businesses not prepared to pay for a studio or not understanding the, the skill that, avoid, that, that they need to pay for in order that their message is delivered fully. So there are an awful lot of crappy audio um, reads out there where somebody has got a voiceover from Fiverr and, uh, you know, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty basic, you know, and I think there's a, a big respect for voice actors in the, from the sound studios. Um, a lot of, and so you will get work doing this kind of work through sound studios. If, if you feel that this is an area that you're really suited to, the idea really for a demo or any kind of sample is that you just, you don't need a lot of production initially. You just need some good scripts um, and, and you can just do a cold reading because the most important thing is how you understand how to roll out this material. I mean, you get that these scripts are longer than the things that we were dealing with, with the commercial, in the commercial area. You know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, very rarely anymore. I mean, all of these are over a minute. Um, for instance, the Today's Employees um, was a much longer video, much longer script for a, for a video that I shortened for the purposes of someone's demo. That's about the, 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 the length of uh, script that you can use as a sample in this more long form area. I know long form can be called audio books, but if you think about voiceover reads, this is a lot longer than a 15 second commercial. So what you're dealing with is repetition of information, is the fact that you are talking to a captive audience who needs to understand the information. That's very different to working in the commercial world, which is all about key phrases and keywords that you have to nail, hit, lift above the line, push out there to the half listening audience. This is about you understanding how a, how a person receives and then computes information. And so it's really about using pauses. You always have to look at this information in little, in short grabs. 
there's this long piece of information that finishes. Oh, thank you. I think I got that. And then you move on with the next piece of information. And then you get to the end of that also. Ah, oh, person says, I think I'm clear about that too. So, you know, two beats may seem really long to you when you're reading a script. But if you put a person in there thinking and computing, and of course, we think in split seconds. It takes us time to get the brain working and then it come out of the mouth. But we do think in split seconds. But people do have to register that information, especially important in this line. So going too fast is a no-no. Working with visual language is really, that gets a big tick. You have to be able to work out the difference between the language um, of, you know, comment and opinion and visual language or information. You've really got to know the difference between that kind of language. So in this one, you know, today we will work through the scripts, um, marking them up. So everybody's got a pencil and printed the scripts out, I hope, uh, because, you know, that's, it's really important. And of course, today I will sort of talk about, well, in one of them, um, the the Amy script is, is absolutely a, a classic problem solution script, but it has different scenes if you like each kind of little paragraph has a different weight and so it has it, it requires a different kind of attitude from the voiceover artist because you're what you're doing is you're you're you know you're you're going to different different parts of information uh, the one that's today's employees the animated video is actually is, is something where you need to because you may not always get the visuals they're probably already put together although they, they may, they're much looser in this world because time is not such a constraint so they will put their images together then they'll write a script to sort of work with those images but when you're in your studio you're not kind of it can, it can be a bit, they say, oh, this should be run about two minutes. But if it's 2.15, they're not going to worry. They'll just, you know, um, extend a shot or an edit point or, or, what, or put another image in or something. So it's no big deal. But you, but you need to get the information right. You need to know what is a headline? What is an introduction? What have I already said before that I'm now saying again where there's other information just before it or just after it that's become more important? Um, and then we have the other script for the ATO is really that website navigation where you are actually, if you imagine you have a screen like this and you have the little cursor, that's all the person will see. There'll be the voiceover and somebody is manipulating the cursor to go to where that person is taking you to. You, you also need to be really conscious that people, when people are looking at uh, a website which has a whole lot of information on it. I know I often just break out into a sweat. I don't know about you. I look at it and go, oh my God, I'm never going to understand this. Um, so you need to actually be a little bit, um, you, you need to understand how to, to do it slow enough so that they're keeping up with you and that they get the information. Oh, I see how that works before you then go on to the next piece of information. So it is really guiding. I mean, I don't mean to be mean here, but think about guiding dummies, you know. It's like guiding children or somebody who's really not getting it. So, so default to the lowest common denominator of understanding. I often, um, I work with somebody who helps me with my IT website stuff. He's only about 23. He goes so fast. So it's like, oh, stop, stop. 
I'm old. I said, not only do I need to write this down, you just need to go a bit slower so I understand what you're actually trying to tell me. It's not easy to be old. <laughs> so we will start with, okay, we will start with, let's start with the, the, boring, the most boring one, okay? And the other thing is that you will get, this is the dry area of voiceover. It's not exciting. Nobody's going to be hearing you. That's why, you know, a lot of people here might have thought, well, I've never, you know, you look at these scripts, you think, well, I've never heard a script like that before. This is kind of, you know, in a sense, it's hidden work for voiceover artists because it only applies to that, to that sort of hidden area. So let's start with this one. It's once again, it is broken down just one page from a very long involved thing about getting through this website. So, okay, the thing about um, dry stuff is how do you make it sound like you are really engaged but you're really bored because the words are not exciting? And you just have to sound like this is the most fabulous thing that's happened to you all week. You know, it's like in this short video, we're showing you how to configure PLS. Wow, that's going to be so exciting. And the new lodgement management homepage, like it's the best thing since sliced bread. So you have to pretend big time that this is great stuff. Um, then it's really a matter of looking at what are we talking about and finding the language in the line that says, and I always bang on about this, but it's got to be about what is this about and where are the words that say what it's about. So in this short video, they already know it's a short video, we'll show you how to configure PLS. We'll show you how to, it's not important. We are gonna show them. It's a video. Configure PLS and the new lodgement management homepage. When you, you don't wanna to go too quickly through those, so just go slow. Then you pause at least two beats and you go into a different sort of tone. You've just introduced what you're doing. All right, so then it's like, well, once you've installed the software and when you get bracketed information, just do it like it's an aside, AE or AO, pause for one beat on a comma. So put a slash there, so you pause. So they just get that information. Oh, install the AE or AO. Oh, shit, I haven't done that. I have to actually go out and install it, right? Because people need to be completely across what's happening. Otherwise, they'll miss it. They'll go, I don't know what's going on go to the tax menu on the toolbar and click lodgement management manager it's already in italics so you need to go go to the tax menu on the toolbar imagine that we're going toolbar 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 they need to look for oh tax menu oh, okay so they click tax menu and click lodgement manager two bits okay i've done that if this is your first time, now this is where you can get fast because this is not about them doing something or you about teaching them something, okay? If this is your first time, you'll see this message, oh yeah, sorry, this message, which will come up and the onboarding process will begin automatically. Those are the things you can go faster through, right? Because people sort of hear that, but they don't have to compute anything. You understand what I mean? The difference between actually delivering the information and something that's easy to compute? Yeah. Clicking OK, so that is a visual that will come up on the screen. We'll generate the software ID. Oh, that's good. They, then they'll do that. Then you go to another one that is just commenting or opinion or, or just whatever. It's a good idea to write this down or click the copy button. 
as soon as you get those things and that the copywriter has happily put them, put them in italics, very nice, the copy button to save it to your clipboard for use a bit later. Two beats. Click, clicking next will show you step-by-step -step instructions on how to use this ID to set up the ATO's access manager. So you're underlining all of those things. When you get to what it is, you underline them. So you, 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 the first time you, you work with a script like this, underline the what, what it is and get out of the way of all the words that don't matter. Next one. Simply clicking the blue link here, because you've got that little pointer there. So it, it's not blue link here. You know what I mean? It's a blue link here. We'll open a browser to the ATO site. Pause for two. Oh, okay. And there you can select my hosted SBR services. Just spell it out on the left. Next. Oh, give it a beat. Wait for them to go. Oh, there's something next. Click the button marked notify the ATO of your hosted service. Pause. And on the following screen, pause, wait for that screen, you'll be able to look up and select MyOBS ABN number. Finally, you're asked to re-enter or paste your software ID into the Add Software ID field. Click Next, then Save. And you're ready to lodge via PLS, right? So you come, we're teaching you how to configure PLS. So you get down the end, click save and then they're finished basically they'll click save and you're ready to do a PLS okay we don't have to really go on because that is basically that section of course it's oh we could do more another option is to call the ATO which would be my choice and they'll be able to help you through the process note that if you have multiple agents with different ABNs you'll need to set them up as well this is covered in a separate video so that little bit down there can just go because you're not giving instruction right? That's the most important thing. So these kind of heavily inst instruction things with pictures, video, and when you're reading this in the studio, you're not looking at that screen. That screen will be handled after, the, after they get the voiceover. Then they will manage that with the voiceover. And of course, the engineer, whoever it is, can make gaps a little, you know, broader or it can tighten them up. It doesn't matter as long as you pause or you understand where you actually put the emphasis, what's important. It's always about what they're looking at, right? Always about that. So does anybody have any questions around that kind of script? You can unmute if you wanted to ask a question. All right, so let's go to the next one. Why don't we do the animated video. So the animated video is, this is much more fun and much more interesting. But what you have to do, this is the one that begins, these are today's employees. So the animated video is going to be pictures of people in a workplace. Um, uh, these are today's employees. Okay, so you're gonna get the first, that basically is like the headline, it's the introduction line. Now the thing about this, if everybody's read this script, is that you, you're getting a problem. All, all of the top is really a problem. Um, and in fact, the whole thing is a problem. 
but when we go to the potential solution is would you like to know how to change all this that's when you can do the happy happy smiley face but these are today's employees it's supposed to sound really buoyant because if you think about who you're looking who you're talking to this would be found oh, i don't know where these things would be found but they're not but this is a, some company who has a um a, a program that they're selling that is actually going to help people understand how to give their employees better work tools so that they they're not so overwhelmed so first of all what you're trying to do with this is to tell this person who doesn't think they have a problem might not think they have a problem that they really have a problem and it's all about today's crazy world right so you have to kind of second guess the images that you are not being shown but it's an animated video so you will get that this this is all about those stick stick figure people all on their devices all you know banging away at their computers or walking around in all desks and all that sort of sitting there and working so these are today's employees happy happy that's a good opening to be happy you can still be happy with the next line because this is describing the way it is they live in a hyper connected world and are operating in an always on working culture well that's what people do these days i work 12 hours a day and then you're starting to go a little bit more into the problem you know they can sometimes feel overwhelmed as soon as you get words like that so they live in a hyper connected world that's what we're seeing on screen everybody on their devices and are operating in an always on working culture that's the phone call at nine o'clock or on the weekend or whatever that's what that means you've got to always understand what things mean and how important they are so hyper connected hyper connected world is kind of it but hyper connected is the most important part of those three always on working culture is a bit of a signal that they don't ever stop working and then we're talking about we're talking a bit more about them but more about the problem they might be experiencing with overwork they can sometimes feel overwhelmed this will help you to sound like you're the expert who's just making this up overwhelmed is a word that you need to put a bit of voice acting under and then you pause for at least two beats over that because you want the person who's listening to this who will be an um an employer to go oh shit are they yeah you'll go after your two beats bombarded with thousands of emails and voicemails pause again where they go could be right as well as other work related activities you know that's the third part of it okay you've got that so so what you're looking at there with that third paragraph they can sometimes feel overwhelmed three three parts to that actual sentence which is only separated by a comma but it actually has three very different pieces of information that you need to clock as different from each other they all have a different weight but the thing about it is that each of these pieces of information need to land with that person who is potentially going to buy this program or whatever it is for the for their employees right so they can sometimes feel overwhelmed guys should be feeling guilty by your fabulous read bombarded with thousands of emails and voicemails as well as other work related activities whatever they are but there will be stuff 
Now you're going to, that, now that's kind of the, the finish of the first scene because now we're going to the other thing. That was all about the employees. Now we're going to go to the other part of business, which is the customers. So you need to kind of separate that out. As soon as your focus changes, what am I focusing on? Who am I talking about? When that changes, then you need to slightly change your at least clock that we're talking about something different now. These employees, the ones I mentioned before, so you pause after that, are the ones who engage daily with your customers. Now, a lot of people want to say, are the people who engage daily with your customers. That's too much emphasis or inflection on the wrong words. These employees, the guys I was talking about before, are the people who engage daily with your customers. Oh, customers, yeah, of course they do. Those guys who are overwhelmed with emails and voicemails and shit. They're the people you trust to give your customers. Now, we've mentioned customers in the line before. So in this one, it's not about customers. It's about what they give to the customers. Remember that thing that I was talking about, the rule especially works in the corporate area, where as soon as you have said, it's the same in commercial as well. As soon as you've said the word or the phrase, and make it really important the first time you say it. The next time you say it, it's not so important. Information before it or just after it is more important. So in this case, it's these em uh, these employees are the people who engage daily with your customers. Are you getting my picture? To that to that person who's listening, they're the people you trust to give your customers a great experience. Yep, they'll go. Yeah, I do trust them to do that. But then you throw the curly one at the person who's listening. And it's really the question that he needs to answer or she needs to answer a problem. But if your employees aren't having an amazing experience at work, because that's what they want to think their employees are having, big pause after that, let that one really land with them. But if your employees aren't having an amazing experience at work, oh, how can they provide great experiences to your customers? Right, see the problem. And then you've got it. Would you like to know how to change all this? And then it goes kind of into the, in this program we do this and that, and this is what we can teach them and blah, 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 blah. So that is kind of how that e-learning stuff happens or you know how it occurs. So you just sort of understand why this is a very, it is a very different kind of work from the commercial world incredibly incredibly and completely different does everybody kind of get how useful it is to look at those sentences which can be long as a series of different thoughts and ideas and find within them the the powerful words or the the words that are the gold sometimes i think people want to use pauses in parts a part is they can sometimes feel overwhelmed. No pauses in parts. You pause at the end of the part. They can sometimes feel overwhelmed. You can slow down. When you want to, when you want to um, emphasise a word or put a bit of voice acting under a word or an emotional story under it, slow the word down just a little bit. They can sometimes feel overwhelmed, bombarded with thousands of emails and voicemails. It's you telling a story and it will sound like you're making it up if you pause and think about what you're about to say next. That's the important, that is the way that you sound like you're the expert who's just making this all up.
The danger with this stuff is that you look at it and go, oh, shit, it's just a bunch of words and I have to read it. Oh, my God. You know, and, and you need to deep dive these scripts and it takes a bit of time. The good thing is that you can request having these scripts sent to you before the session. You know, often I'll get them and I'll think, well, that's very nice of them, but I don't often think to ask because I'm used to doing them. But it, sometimes it's great to spend some time with them and you deep dive them before you go to the session. So you've worked out everything that you think is going on. You've broken those paragraphs into different thoughts and ideas. You've looked for what is it about, right? What is it about? What is it about? Um, anybody have any Oh, Oh, there's oh, some questions. Uh, Abby, yeah, one to me that was a private, uh, so it is, how much direction is a voiceover artist given by the client in the recording session? Lots of direction. You get lots of direction in every session and you can ask as many questions as you want and you will, you know, people will say to you or the engineer or the, the producer will say to you, I think it's going a little fast or we need you to go faster. We need you to go faster through this bit or through that bit. So you will work in a collaborative triangle always with these kind of scripts. If you are doing them from a home studio, just for people who are thinking of setting that kind of thing up or are doing it already, you must always request that the client or the producer is with you. Would you suggest include a read like this in the standard commercial VO reel or would it warrant a separate short reel, like an audiobook narration reel? Yeah, it's actually, you know, you, you really only need something... Each sample can only can be about 35 seconds worth, right? It doesn't need to be a very short read. In fact, it's better that it is up to 35 seconds because they need to hear that you can understand how to go from material that is very different from each other and, and kind of lead people through the story of this information or the story of whatever this um, corporate is, if it's a, you know, navigation. They need to hear that you understand that it's information. So that's basically what you do. And three examples of you doing it, because really, basically, it's a bit like you would get three scripts that are different in the same way that the three that I've given you. So you can do these scripts just in, in your voice. But of course, the approach that you have to each script is different because the requirement is different. And the person who may be um, hearing the information is is you know, is a different person, you know, to, to just the general public who need to find out how to navigate a website to the person who is an employer who's um, overworking his people. Um, yeah, pricing in this market. But, yeah, it's really difficult because basically what agents are doing now is that there's a price, basically the bottom, the lowest price should be around $300. For somebody who is not a big player, like just a small to medium business, wanting a, something for their website or whatever that you have to record yourself or you record it in a studio, $300 I think is about the minimum. I mean, if you want to be, if, some, if you feel that this is um, very short, you know, like for somebody's uh, event, you know, it's some kind of charity event or just a small kind of event, you can, you can, reduce a fee a bit I mean basically there are th three fees out there in agent land for for this work $300 um, 
for basically they do this thing where they do it for, for half an hour now i mean I, i'm not a big rap for that because you know something i could do something in half an hour that might take somebody else longer to do because i'm used to doing it and i'm more experienced so that's not great um some people do it based on word count that's not great because that's not kind of governing reach and duration how long is it going to be on if i'll do it for 300 if it's only going to be on for a couple of months but you know it should be 450 or 620 if it's, it's something that's generic that's going to go on and on and on but the prices really are 300 dollars 450 dollars 620 dollars and it's a bit like if you if you go whoever was asking that it's you kim um if you were asking about the um the prices if you go onto the voiceover agent websites you will get information about the the corporate area and of course as I, and i've mentioned before the good um global one is called the voice voice acting academy voice acting academy voiceover acting academy global g global voice acting academy gvaa Sorry, I just had a little brain freeze there. Um, they have a really comprehensive list of um, fees and structures for that uh, corporate area. Otherwise, it really is, um, you really need to think about what is this and where is it going? You know, if it's for a small market, if it's for a few thousand people, then you know you can you can be reasonable you're trying to build the thing is we don't have any union negotiated rates for this area agents said they don't want it studios really want it but they didn't really understand how to get it people we we want it but people worry about it and of course everybody worries about um all of these online platforms and they're they're everywhere and i'm not a big rap for them either um because that's really where this low-end work appears and um you know if, if people want to i think the disappointing thing is that there are a lot of people out there who are good who are taking the work for nothing 50 bucks 100 bucks 150 bucks i mean you know it's a profession and it's a skill if you do it well you should be paid well but if you love if you like the idea of doing this you can actually do things um you can put together a real reasonably cheaply and you can just cold voice you can get it out to studios you don't have to have a cold voice if you want to put some production under it you can go to um uh those kind of online um places that have music that you can buy or download and it's, it's quite cheap you know i buy them because i work with people making voice demos and so i will buy a whole series of music um, that that is really just for use for people with their demos and often you'll get something you know it, it's between sort of 35 and 60 dollars perhaps i pay for something that i can use you know severally and, and of course i only, i only need a bit of it often you'll you'll be um leasing something not well, you are buying it but you can it's a use thing i mean if you if you were buying it for for a commercial it would be a lot more money but if you're buying it just for the purposes of your something on your website or something on a voice demo that's going to go to a very small audience then it's it's a, the cheapest fee anyway there, there's a place online music australia i can't think of their name i'm sorry if anybody knows their name they can tell me but but it's around okay so you um 
I emailed the owner of somebody called Ben Sound. He's fine with people using his music for demos. Well, that's nice. That's good. Um, that's good. Bensound.com. Can, can everyone see that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Google royalty free music. Okay. That's good. All right, so I think we've kind of covered off the animated video. So let's go to the um, the Amy Complete Replacement cover script. Now, so this one is uh, something that has been created um, from Amy. So it's not an ad for Amy. It's actually information about their new product. So they have created a product and they are now going to be telling, they'll be telling their insurance brokers. They'll be sending this to their insurance brokers. It'll be a video. And also they'll be telling their staff because their staff will have to kind of sell this as a new product. But when you look at this, you have to really understand what the language is doing. And you, if I could just give you an idea about this, this is um, okay. So, so the, the, the video begins with a black page with white writing saying, imagine this. And then your next line, and then this really drony sort of dirty music. You arrive home to find everything you own has been destroyed. And then you go to, like, you know, it, it's drony. So when you hear the music, you would, and they would probably play you part of this or at least alert you to the kind of start they're doing, which is pretty sad. And then you say, sadly, these things do happen from bushfires to cyclones. Well, we're in Australia, you know. Uh, that's a bit more matter of fact. You don't make it too tragic all the way through. But then you get to the, you know, Amy, uh, and that third line, if you look at it and if I say it's not an ad so it's not about Amy, which is the word that is the power word in that line to do with what this is about? And if you're thinking trauma, you got it right, right? So this is about, you know, you look at what you start to look at what is this is about? All right. First of all, everything you own has been destroyed. So destroyed is, is a really important key word with that. Sadly, these things do happen from bushfires to cyclones. Now, bushfires will be a visual and so will cyclones. You'll get them on the screen. Then Amy understand the trauma. Amy understand the trauma of losing a home better than most. So it's really just on trauma. And there can be a little kind of a comma of a pause after trauma. And then to the next paragraph, you will go to this, this in this next paragraph, what you will discover is a visual list, right? And the visual list is, you, you've got another word in there that is um, repeated, which is the word destroyed. So it's not about destroyed, it's about how in this paragraph. So you've got commas. I think I would use each of those commas to pause. So every year across Australia, homes are destroyed because of now you're going into your visual list. You will actually get the, um, the electrical fault, you know, the, the wires shorting. Then you'll get bushfires. Then you get storms. Same sound effect. <laughs> um, and then you'll get children playing games, you know, matches behind the church. So each of those, it's not a list. It doesn't go, homes are destroyed because of electrical faults, bushfires, storms, or even children playing games. So it's really got to be you just narrating that visual. So homes are destroyed because of electrical faults. Just finish the thought. Bushfires. 
So all you're doing is narrating the image that they're showing. Storms, right? Narrating the image. Or even children playing games. And now you're going to the, ne the next paragraph. What is contained in that next paragraph is the central premise, the central reason for the script or the product. Sometimes it's the reason for the company existed. Often in, in these, kind of, these kind of things, you will have that in there. Can everybody work out where that is in that script? It's like the reason for the product. Underinsured. Hey? Underinsured. It's a little bit more information. The added, so it's the added distress of being underinsured. So this is the problem that Amy is going to solve, right? This is what they're going to, to fix, right? And, and then you go with the, and the sad reality, is it? And the sad reality is, or, and the sad reality is that even though, do you know what I mean? It's like, you've got to work out where do I put the pause? And the sad reality is that even after people come to terms with losing their home, it really needs a pause in there because otherwise it's a very long sentence. But would you put it, and this is a six or one half a dozen of the other kind of scenario. And the sad reality is that even after people come to terms with losing their home, so that is still an important phrase. It's been destroyed, but we haven't said lost it yet. So it's still about what it's about. And here we, and, and a big two beater after that, because you're just going to go into the bit that talks about the reason for the product. They all too often face, so the, they all too often face is not to be slow. They all too often face the added distress of being underinsured. So hear how you slow it down, but you can't say, they, they all too often face the added distress of being underinsured. It's like, does it, you, you haven't made it mean enough, mean enough. You nearly really need to make it mean something. So in the sad reality, you could do it the other way. And the sad reality is that even after people come to terms with losing their home, so see how art, they both work. And really it's a bit like clocking and saying, I need to pause there. Am I going to do it after reality? Or am I going to do it after is? Six or one half dozen of the other and the producer will choose. And there we go, we put a line under that, and that is your, the top part of it is your problem. This is all the problem area. Now we're going into the solution area, which is now you have to put the happy face on. That's why we're launching complete replacement cover. And it's one of those billboard phrases where it's the most important because it's now the name of the product, right? Complete replacement cover. And then you have this thing called a comma after a so. Now, yeah, it does, you know, in written word, in written language, we always put a comma after so or well or however or lots of them. But you always have to question commas early in the, in the, the piece because if you say, so if a customer's home is destroyed, are you actually getting enough of the message about what you're saying? And the, really the answer is no. So just ignore the comma because there's another part of that sentence and there's another word in that sentence because now we're talking about the solution. So we know the problem. The home has been destroyed, right? It's been destroyed by all of these things potentially, but it's been destroyed and somebody's underinsured. 
So how would you, which word is the word in the first part of that little paragraph being so if a, beginning so if a customer, which is the word, and I'll give you a hint, it's a little word, that you now put the emphasis on? Uh, what, what? Is. That's the one. So you see how that is the solution? So if a customer's home is destroyed, we have the solution. And so that's what you roll out after that. So you, this is once again that whole thing about looking at a word that is a keyword. So we've got destroyed up the top. We have destroyed in the fourth paragraph. Homes are destroyed because of, but it's not important because it's how a home's destroyed. And the next time we see destroyed, here, see destroyed is down in that, that solution area. So if a customer's home is destroyed, people will be listening now. Two beats. And when you say guarantee, it's like a promise, you know, guarantee is a really, really key thing. It's important. And it's important that we believe it. So you have to overpronounce it. Um, so, so if a customer's home is destroyed, we guarantee to rebuild it. And you've got a smile there because that will make it sound like you're being sincere. You can't do it like this. So if a customer's home is destroyed, we guarantee to rebuild it to the same size and standard as it was, no matter what the cost. Nobody's going to believe you. They'll just go, nah, they're not. So you have to, it's a slightly heightened thing. It's just, it is kind of like an ad because it's a problem solution structure. So you always have to remember when you get something like this in the corporate world that is problem solution, it does play much more back into that advertising template, right? You, you get what I mean? Um, so you, you're doing the big sell down here, like, wow, this is amazing. So if a customer's home is destroyed, we guarantee to rebuild it to the same size and standard as it was. Take a breath, take a pause, no matter what the cost. Mm, people are going, this sounds good, might get one of these. And now we're going to just basically repeat information often they do this in advertising well they do repeat a lot of information they use they they say the same thing in different words so this new benefit this new benefit so just new benefit you don't have to lean too much on it but just say it like it's, it is something this new benefit means our customers will never run the risk of being underinsured so that is the answer to too often face the added distress of being underinsured. Now down here, and that was in the problem area. So now down here in the solution area, they will never run the risk of being underinsured and put a pause after the underinsured because people need to hear that, right? And then you go and the repeated um, information, the repeated language about the money and no matter what it costs to build their home, we'll pay it. But they just said that in the paragraph before. So it's good if you kind of clock, well, I just said that, but I've got to say it again and I've got to say it slightly differently. So down the bottom, of course, now that we get them, which, which is, I'll oh, get your hand off on Amy. Not only will this change the face of the industry, it will change people's lives. And that's something we can all be proud of. And even though you look at it and you go, hmm, it's a bit dicky, you have to really oversell it on behalf of the client because that's what they want you to do. They want you. Okay, so let's um, share some other, oh, I can't get my little thing up. I'm trying to go back to the questions. I don't know why that's doing that. 
So something, um, I've moved to the Sunshine Coast, not sure about finding voiceover agents there. Don't have a home studio, have a microphone and garage band. Well, that's good. If you have some microphones, I hope one of them is a, is a condenser mic and a really good quality one and that you have a room that's, that's well baffled. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a room that is um, soundproofed. It's, it's not essential. It's just that you have a room where the sound is, both dead enough and live enough so that your voice sounds great and working with a you know forget things like i bought a mic for podcasting i'm hoping to use that it won't work you need a microphone you need an interface into garage band um and you can practice with garage band you there's there's lots of ways you know we, we actually have the the home studio podcast now on the foundation website so you just go to the website and in, in their menu go to menu and in their menu i think it's the one on the far right it might even be the last one on the list over on the far right hand side the podcast will be there so we did a really comprehensive one on home studios so all the information that you need on home studios will be there um yeah garage band you know garage band is just it's to play with you know the really the stuff that's good is the stuff you have to pay for Oh, it's just the way it is, you know. It is better. Uh, recommending studios to record demo reels in Melbourne. Yes, you can go to um, Sonic Playground in um, South Melbourne. You could call Risk Sound, also in South Melbourne. Oh, in Port Melbourne, actually. Uh, Sonic, Play, uh, Sonic Playground. Gusto, they're in Richmond. Final Sound. They're in East St Kilda. I know those guys do record demos and they're all variously priced and they will all be, um, you know, often this, this process is that you will go down there, you'll say, I want to record a demo. You'll go down there, they'll give you some scripts and say, have a look at these or they'll have a listen to you and they'll think well, you might be good at this or you might be good at that. It is probably a good suck it and see experience. It may get you some work, um, you know, before you do it, make sure you, you, you kind of know what you're doing. It would be useful if you know what you're doing. They will give you direction and, um, and a lot and a great deal of help. It won't cost a great deal of money, but it, it can be good. And, you know, when you've made that demo, if you feel confident enough to get it out and you get it out and you get some good feedback and you get some good work, that's fantastic. But it's, it's very difficult to get traction in voiceover. It doesn't matter which area of voiceover you're good at. Uh, especially at the moment, you know, I've mentioned this a couple of times. It's it's very depleted out there. You know, advertising agencies who've tried to hang in there with you know half their work gone and clients not advertising and trying to keep staff on have started to create redundancies and let people go. Um, small agencies are um, are connecting with another small agency to kind of keep clients happy and keep their costs down and things like that we're in a period of transition so this is really a period for you to uh if you if you don't quite know what you're doing yet don't throw a whole lot of money at a demo i mean if you had to do one with me you would have to co be coached to the standard where i believe that you are ready to make a demo and launch yourself into the business otherwise it's going to be double difficult you know it's, it's not easy. i mean good people out there are saying i haven't had much work this year you know, it's one of those things. If you have really great skills for this, brilliant. This corporate area, though, 
this is the, the area that's been growing. You know, radio stations are not looking for people. I think the difficulty is that studios are not peopled at the moment. There's no front, there's no girl on the front desk. There's no people running in an office. There are no three studios working. So, you know, we're not going there yet. We're not going there. Everybody's at home still. So that hasn't changed. And that looks, that's hard to know, hard to measure when that will change. It's really, really difficult one to measure. Um, let me have a look at an, another question. Oh, I don't, I don't know Garage Band at all. I've never used it. Will an acting agent put you forward for a VO work? Or was it, oh, well, that's almost a really interesting thing because, you know, I have a separate an acting agent and a voiceover agent. So I don't think my agent, my voiceover agent, does much marketing for me, but I know that they will do marketing for new people who are not known. Um, you know, they, they do. that Before you get an agent, often people will say, I want to make a demo and then get representation. Well, it doesn't kind of work like that unless you've made a demo with somebody who has worked with you or uh, thinks that you're fantastic and knows exactly what you're about and can vouch with you to an agent. Sometimes that will get you an agent. If your voiceover is really fantastic and you appear to be somebody who the studios will like, or you're a kind of voice that is really a, a, a used voice, um, a, a popular sound, voice, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter what age you are either. If there's something about your sound that's, well, yeah, that's the sound we like. Well, that's the voice we like. And that your samples on your demo, and this is really key, that your samples on your demo actually say, oh, that's the voice we like to use. And that's the kind of read we want too. We're looking for that. So it's really, you know, it's often that thing that I talk to people about that voiceover is not so much about what you'd like to be doing. I love to do character voices and I love to do car ads and I love to do this and that. It's about what somebody who is listening to your disembodied voice is going to buy about what it is for them and where they think they can use it, which is why, you know, doing a corporate demo, if you think that you would, or a non-commercial demo, if you think you could get work in this area is a good thing to do because not everybody is good at this. And the other thing is that you can do with this is if you have a little demo, you have three examples on a demo. So that's just over a minute long. That's long enough to trot out your non-broadcast talents because really it's either information delivery or it's, um, you know, problem solution structure or it's navigation. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's either going to be e-learning or it's going to be like an ad or it's going to be, you know, instruction. Um, and you can cold call places. I mean, I know that the NAB has an, an internal uh, production department and they make a whole lot of material for in-house, you know, for their clients and for, for their web. And they are always looking for people. So you call in and you, um, uh, you just kind of say, have you got a, you know, have you got a department that does all this? And uh, hopefully they'll say yes. Like I said, we were talking about if you listen to the home studios, then you'll get lots of information about what kind of digital audio workstations to use, um, which is great. So you don't have an Australian accent. Is that a disadvantage? NAB, N-A-B, N-A-B for Bob. Um, no, it's not because in the corporate world, which is a, we're talking about a global kind of proposition, it depends on the kind of product or audience that you're talking to and what this is all about. So 
it is going to be about if you have an accent depends on what kind of accent you have um, it is going to be specific to specific kinds of work so whatever accent you have you want to gear your your the, the script that you find needs to work with whatever accent you have or where it, wherever the locality is you're from find something um, maybe kind of Google companies who are in that sphere and uh, or, or in that the country or um, I, did, I did a it was literally five words they asked me to do it over and over how would you make it sound different every time oh well that's interesting how do you make it sound different every time how do you make it sound different every time how do you make it sound different every time how do you make it sound different every time you just are different every time you know it's can the hardest thing is to do three words or four words like there's a there's a tag in a script that i have that i use to practice big pens fail safe i mean you know there's only really so many ways that you can say that but really it's attitude if you put an attitude underneath it like you know kind of big pens fail safe or big pens fail safe big pens fail safe you can do lots of different things by changing your attitude you have to be really careful because it's not about your voice it's about what's under it what's under the words or you know what different meaning can you create so if you want to kind of get really good at that just grab a, a, a short phrase of five words like you said and just keep practicing it doing it record it so you can hear because often what I'll say to people and they do this in the studio they say we just haven't quite got that phrase um, they're the people you trust I just looked at a script so just give us three different versions of they're the people you trust they go radio they're the people you trust they're the people you trust they're the people you trust and then you're starting to panic because you don't know what you're doing and you don't even know whether you've done it differently. So you have to do it like this. They're the people you trust. I just heard how I did it. I did it like this. They're the people you trust. I'm not going to do it the same way. I'm going to do it different this time. So you pause while you're holding in what you just did in your brain. There is a lot of mental gymnastics in voiceover and you're going to do it differently this time. They're the people you trust. So that's different. But I also put it, uh, I had a different meaning under it. So it's not just words, it's meaning. It's big time, it's meaning. Okay, so I hope that helps. Mix of accent, Welsh and Australian. Sounds lovely. What can I say? We're in a global world. Could be really charming. You know, it's like, it's, it's you know, you are who you are. So it's really, make it that it is more about, it is more about the meaning then your accent or what you sound like. And you, you just, just see how you go out there, you know? Oh, I can't see it again. I think we've got it though. Abby, there's, there's one from Alicia. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been doing the gig but the client doesn't really know what they want or know how to articulate what they're after? Yes. Have any tips for dealing with this? The engineer and I just tried to work through it. In the end, they chose a male voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that can happen anyway. That, that's, you know, choosing the right voice, it doesn't necessarily, um, it's not a fait accompli because you are the, the actor in the studio doing the voiceover that you will be the one that, get, that they use because often they don't know what they really want. And often, very often, they have not heard the words off the page. They've got the visuals done or 
whatever, you know, then they go and they record it and they go, you know what? It doesn't actually work with a male. I think we'd be better off with a female. I thought that. I told them the female or whatever. Or I think we need an older voice. We need a more mature voice. She was gorgeous. She did a great job. But it's a bit too young. It's not a, a, a deal breaker. It can't, doesn't end a career. But it still happens that it's a bit like, hmm. And, of course, they have... Um, they have the opportunity to change the voice and recast. You know, it can't happen like that in screen. It can happen like that in rehearsal. It's happened to me once before, rehearsing a role in the film. Oh, I got sacked. I wasn't right for the film. Fuck me. It took me years to get over that one. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just part of what we deal with. You know, sometimes you're just not quite right. And if you have somebody in there... See, the thing about a lot of producers is that they don't do a lot of producing. Their, their job as producers is to organise shit, right? But they don't do a lot of working direct with, um, with the actors. Your sound engineer is the one who's used to working with actors. So they're always really good at translating what a, a director who doesn't know how to ask for what he wants or uses weird language to try and get a performance. He'll try and... Your, your engineer is your friend in the session. I mean, most engineers are very experienced. Some aren't, you know. Um, radio station engineers are fantastic. They really just want to kind of cut to the chase, but they will give you really succinct direction. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.